and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Happy February! This is one of the colder times in the UK, so we are heading somewhere warmer this week just to reminisce about hotter times and being on the beach and having horrendous heat waves. because if you don't manifest it, you'll just end up crying in your big duvet for the winter. So let's think about it and head over to the Amazon for a nice bit of hot this week. Yes, we are heading over to the wonderful Peru in South America for this monster, the Yakamama. This monster is a massive snake from the Amazon River Basin, which stretches through most of the northern countries of South America, such as Peru, Brazil, Colombia, Bolivia, Ecuador, Guyana, Suriname and Venezuela. However, this monster is mostly known from Peru and lives within the so-called Boiling River section of the Amazon, which is named because of the way it's home to an immense hot springs, which brings the temperature up to almost boiling point, which is 100 degrees, killing mostly anything that lives within or near it. It's the only one in the world and a natural beauty and phenomenon, so I highly recommend looking it up. There are some really good YouTube videos where people have gone to visit. I think it is considered very much a place of beauty, so if you have a chance to go there, I guess go there. But it is also said to be home to a water spirit which heats up the water. That's a whole other interpretation and a whole other story I will leave for another time. And of course, the Yakamama is not just an ordinary giant snake. This is a massively long snake, reaching an unbelievable 100 feet in length with at least a 2 meter wide head so you can only imagine how big the rest of it was. It has the colouring of a large boa constrictor, so that nice dark brown patchy skin with the greens and the olives coming in, but the general look and physicalities of an anaconda, those massive snakes that live in the Amazon, with the ability to live completely underwater. Both of these features help it blend into its surrounding in the deep Amazon rainforest and the waters within it, It does also benefit from being able to withstand the temperatures from the boiling river, but tends to laze about on the banks where it can catch prey, much like a normal snake. Much like the modern anaconda, it has tremendous strength and is able to pull in anything around the riverbed, from large animals to humans, and is able to swallow anything in one fair swoop. General snake physicalities, of course snakes are purely muscles, they're super strong, which is of course why the boa constrictors are called boa constrictors. However, it does also have the additional power of being able to suck in anything that comes within 100 feet of it. So that's quite impressive, very much like the opposite of the big bad wolf, so they suck in the air. Sometimes it's said that the Yakamama could also spit this boiling water, but honestly I couldn't find anything else to back that up officially. They are known to move around their areas and will fell trees and create paths in the ground by just how enormous they are. And of course, that leads people to go hunting for them too 
and generally reminds them to stay off of that path in fear of being eaten. They will literally eat anything in their path, or that they can access easily enough, although they can even eat natural predators much like big cats, other reptiles or apes, because they are just that strong and massive, and I imagine they have an immense hunger too. If you're not crushed to death by their immensely strong grip, because, as I said, snakes are literally muscle, you're going to end up just being digested, I'm afraid, and that really sucks. The only thing they will not eat from the land is a common tapir, which are their sworn enemies. Why? You'll find out later. It's in the origin story. You should know by now that we do the origins later. It's pretty certain that there were more than one Yakamama at a time, they were all over the place, but they would never attack their own kind or anything that lives in the water due to a kind of maternal link to them, which I'll talk about in a minute as well. But is there something you can do to stop it from attacking this gigantic river snake? Yes, and there's only one thing, and that is to blow a conch horn before entering the water, which would only force the Yakamama to reveal itself if it's around the water you're going to enter. It doesn't mean it's going to leave or that it won't attack you. It just tells you not to go in that body of water. So instead of being a more defensive mechanism, it's more of a prevention system. Now, in terms of etymology, Yakamama is a Quechan word, which is a language from one of the indigenous tribes of Peru. And of course, this kind of derives from Spanish. You can see the inspiration here. But the term yaku means water, and mama, mother, of course, which is pretty self-explanatory. So altogether, it's water mother. What I didn't explain earlier, because of this fantastic etymology, is that the yakamama, name confirmed, is the mother of all things in the water, which is why I said I'd come back to it when I was talking about that maternal spirit, which is why it won't eat anything that lives in the river itself due to this idea of being a maternal protector and the mother of the water and everything in it itself. Sorry I held that back, it just fit in too well to this section. It is also described as the protector of the river itself, going back to the mention of the water spirit that creates the whole boiling river effect, keeping it from harmful influences, most likely humans though at this point. The Amazon is, of course, one of the natural unexplored wonders of the world too, and in constant need of protection, so maybe this creature is what will stop us from tearing it down. Who knows? Let's hope so. For this monster's history, it is quite complex, but pretty amazing too, because this monster goes all the way back to Incan times. The Incans were one of these ancient Mesoamerican civilizations, and they were along the west coast of South America, in Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Bolivia, Argentina and Colombia. The Incan Empire started in around 1200 AD and actually fell to the Spanish conquistadors in 1532, which is really sad of course, but the remnants of them still remain in their empire zones. For example, Machu Picchu, the famous tourist attraction in Peru, is Incan for example. Anyway, how does this relate to our monster? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because all of these civilizations use snakes in all of their godly rosters, and of course we know now that snakes are really prevalent within these areas and are considered a predator and deadly, and we know they meant a lot to them. Now the Aztecs were way ahead, 
and they used a giant snake for one of their main gods, you've probably heard of them, Quetzalcoatl, who is the god of wind and rain, but he deserves his own episode, we will cover him eventually. He's known as Kukulkan in Mayan, but in Inca, snakes had a completely different representation and were certainly not considered that godly. And this is the civilization that ruled over the part of the world where the Yakamama is from, in Peru. The Inca had a belief that the trilogy of animals represented their worldview. Now, their trilogy of animals were the condor, the cougar, and the snake, which, if you go and see any tourist sites, they are all over the place. They represent the upper world or heaven, the world of the living, and the world of the dead, respectively. The snake, being this deathly figure, is also considered very unlucky within the Quechua populace, and it is believed their appearance indicates death or issues with farming and agriculture. The original legend that is told to this day about the Yakamama is also still going around, which comes from these Incan times, which is the following. Hundreds of years ago, there was a fisherman who would fish in the quiet small rivers in the evening, as it was better to catch more in these unpopulated places. He would cast his net into the river, and suddenly a great head emerged of a serpent, about a metre above the water. Terrified, he threw himself onto shore and then tried to run into the jungle, but the Yakamama followed, and the fisherman fell to his knees and prayed, and all of a sudden, four tapirs fell from the sky and into the water, distracting the Yakamama enough for the man to get away. That, my friends, is the tapir reason I mentioned earlier, and I get why they're not friends. You can also see the bad luck with the farming aspect here too, because fishing is technically a type of farming. So from the origin stories of this and the folk story that goes around to this day, the idea of snakes is pretty bad. No one really likes them in this part. So if we then put the idea of these bad snakes from the time, plus uneducated looks at big snakes in the Amazon themselves from around the same time, we're looking at 1200 AD here, of course you are going to get reports of monstrously large ones because it happens all the time. When you don't know about a species, it gets exaggerated. It just happens. However, the most common snakes that people would have been seeing in the area at the time would have been boas, coral snakes, tree vipers, rattlesnakes, all of which don't get much bigger than five to six foot, bar boas. Boas tend to get around 10 foot average in length, so they are quite big, but they would be used to seeing this size snake. Anacondas, however, which we know now, of course, are a lot more elusive, are mostly underwater or water-based snakes, and they average at 16 foot long. So, of course, they're a much, much bigger snake, so maybe seeing one of these was unusual, proper scary, and worth emphasising a little bit back home in the day. So, it kind of makes sense that this has become an immense, scary, man-eating snake spirit, but how has this persisted to this modern day with our knowledge of herpetology now? Well, they still happen, even though we know what the average anaconda looks like. I've seen a few in real life, and I live on the literal opposite side of the world. In fact, I live 20 minutes away from one in Colchester Zoo in Essex, so we definitely have more exposure to anacondas and these big snakes in modern times. Although, of course, there is always room for scepticism, 
and myths always tend to stick around, especially with these kind of monsters, and the water aspect of them is a really big one. Some people in the area still swear blind that they've been attacked or have seen one. It's a real phenomenon in the area. There are videos on YouTube of sightings. It's very much the Nessie of the Amazon. In terms of more modern sightings, though, based off of this legend, they are mostly in the 1900s going up till now, of course. The earliest is that in the 1900s, unfortunately no specific date here, two men went looking for the Yakamama, managed to blow it up and make it bleed and float to the surface. Here they saw its absolutely massive size, but it turns out it wasn't dead and they ended up rowing out of there as fast as they could. In 1906, the explorer Percy H. Fawcett shot a giant anaconda and said that it was 62 foot long although this was then dismissed by herpetologists as a farce. Of course, herpetologists are still dismissing the Yakamama's existence to this day. Two brothers, Greg and Mike Warner, then mounted an expedition in 2009 and apparently found one, and their research was convincing enough to even get someone like National Geographic interested. They found that actually it was more likely a type of caecilian, which are like slow worms. They are more like worms than they are snakes, but they look slightly like snakes. They are technically amphibians though. And they picked this up because the snake that they found had horns, which were super apparent, so they thought it might have been one of them. And this of course continues to this day to bring popularity to this monster. There are loads of hotels, restaurants and tourist agencies in the area now in Peru even using the Yakamama name for sales, so that's really fun and I'm glad it continues in this way too. Although I do not condone going and looking for anacondas, I really don't recommend it. However, speaking of kind of real life comparisons, of course this could just be an overtly large anaconda. It seems like the most reasonable suggestion, as it does have all the same traits, but there are arguments that it could be the thought extinct Titanoboa, which was a prehistoric snake that grew to be around 40 foot on average. Fossils have found them in waterlogged areas around this zone, and so scientists are sure that this was a water-based snake, but one that was also venomous and would very often fight one another, shown by the holes in the fossils found where they had bite marks and clear venom decay. It's believed that this monster died off 60 to 58 million years ago, but they did live in Colombia, we have that absolutely guaranteed. So that makes sense that this myth does exist there. The exact same argument for the Megalodon existing now can be made for the Titanoboa. We know that they did exist once, and considering they're water-based, who really knows? But in terms of mythical comparisons, this certainly isn't the only big snake within mythology. There are so many throughout world mythology that we can look at, However, there are a few in American mythology, such as Lanusi from Native Myth, which is basically a giant leech that we'll cover in another episode. And there are two other snakes within Mesoamerican myth too, the Satchamama and the Minicau. The Satchamama was the Earth Mother snake in contrast to this one, but is a lot more friendly and certainly as popular as the Yakamama. And the Minicau is a giant worm from Brazilian folklore that again, lives in the water and causes a havoc. Gross. Now, onto modern media, we don't have anything specific for the Yakamama, I'm afraid, at least not any that I could find. 
So here are some of my suggestions for big anacondas or like-minded water or jungle snakes in the media. For art, I would definitely recommend independent stuff this week. It's where I found my marketing image, which is really cool, but there is one original old-style drawing of this from way back when you can find in a typical Aztec-style art, but I'm not sure what to suggest to find it. It's got no artist or anything, but you'll find it when image searching. There's also a statue of the Yakamama in Parque Temetico in Peru, So if you're ever around there, you can go check this out. It is life-size and it's a bit creepy. In movies, though, we have The Jungle Book, Mowgli, Anaconda 1-4, Snape, Lake Placid vs. Anaconda, Coati, and Megaconda. For TV, we have Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, Ninjago, Primal, The Legend of Tarzan, Prime Evil New World, River Monsters, Deadly 60, and 72 Dangerous Animals. In video games, we have ones such as Final Fantasy VII and XI, Jurassic World Alive, Jurassic World The Game, Bladed Fury, The Crystal of Kings, Sonic Forces, and Spin Master. And my book recommendation this week is Mesoamerican Mythology, Fascinating Myths and Legends of Gods, Goddesses, Heroes, and Monsters from Ancient Maya, Inca, and Aztec Mythology by Simon Lopez for a great summary on all things Mesoamerican monsters and you can have a look at the rest of the mythology too, really recommend it. But now it's time for Do I think they existed? Well this one's interesting because I want to say it probably did but once, not now. I think it's completely possible that this was a massive anaconda which is totally believable back in 1200 as the climate was so different and species were undiscovered, but I either think they got smaller by nature and by food, or this was a completely different species of big water snake that got too big for its belly, much like the Titanoboa and the Megalodon. There is just not enough prey for something this size to survive, I'm afraid. Also, it lives in a pretty much inhabitable environment in that boiling river, and considering that snakes are cold-blooded and super fussy about how warm they are, and how much they eat, I'm just not sure about this one. But as always, I never completely say no, especially to water monsters, and to be honest, Amazon monsters, because we just don't know what's in those thick forests and those deep waters. But what do you think? Did the Yakamama roam the Amazon? Let me know on Twitter, I'd love to know what you think. But what a fantastic monster, and a great mythology that we just don't cover very much. I honestly know very little about the Mesoamerican civilizations up until this episode, so I'm really glad to looked into it. If you have any interest in it, have a look. It's a really, really good one to sink your teeth into if you're interested. Next week, though, we are heading back over to another ancient civilization, and that is Greece, my absolute favorite for the first time in ages. So bring along some string and a couple of virgins from ancient Greece for the mighty Minotaur next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. And you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me A Coffee and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.